Hey. Hi. Remember last week? Nope. When we ended the episode talking a lot about how great Nintendo is? Mm-hmm. Why the fuck are they trying to sell me cardboard? <laughs> I feel like it's I don't know like I like it's cool because like you play with your kids like I feel like if I, had, I don't got kids what no I know but I feel like it's that's what it's for like if you had kids it's like, weird I don't know if I like it I don't know they're selling cardboard to us on four twenty and one of them sixty nine 69 dollars <laughs> do with that with what you will do the memes. <laughs> I've already seen, like, a bunch of, like, speaking of, memes about, like, no, Nintendo, that's not what we meant by boxes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. I saw one that was, like, a, like a small square, like, no bigger than, like, an, like a phone, like a normal-sized phone, um, like a piece of cardboard that just said Mother, Mother 3 written on it with a <laughs> Joy-Con next to it and it said it's not working. <laughs> Dude, it's just, like. Every time Nintendo does really incredible cool things, they gotta balance it out by doing some weird fucking shit. Every yeah. time. Yeah. And like, as far as weird shit's concerned, this one's fucking up there. Like, cause they're charging a lot of money for this high quality cardboard. I know. Like, I'm not gonna buy fucking any of them. No, me either, but like, <clears throat> like I said, it probably would be a cool thing to do with like your kids if. If you're a parent and you have kids and you played, it's like a cool creative thing, like creative thing to do with your kid, project to do with your kids. But like, that's an expensive ass fucking project. That's a, yeah, like, well, go, I mean, go buy a fuck ton of Legos. No, see, that's the thing; those aren't cheaper. Yeah, but at least that's not the cheaper option. Yeah, but at least I feel like unless you're buying specific like, like sets, like pre-made sets, like if you just buy a like a random amount of Legos, you can like just build things. But and build multiple times. I, I mean, I, I guess you could build like yeah, I get what I'm you're saying. I am a coloring book. Again, you could only do like one thing with that too. But uh, it's cheaper. I I don't know. It's it's fucking weird. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a fan. But um I mean, it's it doesn't bother me. It, it doesn't bother me as much as baffle. Yeah. I I just don't expect what Nin I I mean gaming companies must be having a fit with the shit that <laughs> Nintendo does. No one expects it. And then it's weird as shit and we have no idea if it's going to sell. I don't even think Nintendo knows if it's going to sell. But what the I think f they were just kind of like, "Hey, our console's doing great. Fuck it. Let's just do this. let's just fucking let's just make a cardboard out of it. Let's just make cardboard things and you put your Switch in it. If you don't know what we're talking about, go on YouTube and search Nintendo. Go to their channel, and it's called Nintendo... Lab... Labo? Lab Zero? Labo? It's L-A-B-O. I think it's a O, not a zero. Yeah, it's... Maybe it's Lab Zero. I don't know. It's one of those. <sighs> it's, it's not hard to find. Arguably the weirdest thing that they've tried to sell since fucking the Wii. Yeah. Which was inherently weird. Right. But, like, the Wii Great. was successful. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be. I saw a video on Twitter. It was um, some guy. I don't know who the fuck it was. It was some random. It got retweeted. But it was, like, I brought a Wiimote to a college party. And he was going up to people and, like, putting it in their face. And people were trying to take hits out of the Wiimote. And it was the funniest fucking thing. Because people were, like, 
like would take like a hit and be like, yeah. <laughs> or like there was one person that was like just sitting there like sucking on it, like generally trying to get like some type of smoke out of this. I respect that. We vote. It was funny. I respect that. Um, we're Navi Tales. Yes. We are a video game lore podcast. My name's Josh. My name is Nick. And today we are going to be talking about Bloodborne, the Old Hunters. DLC. We have done a Bloodborne episode before. Go check that out. Uh, a lot of this stuff is going to kind of have to do with that. Uh, I actually, when I did the writing of it, tried to sum up what I could so that this could be listened to without that episode, but... I'm telling you right now, the other one's definitely going to help if you listen to it. Yeah. But, you know um, anything about these games. Yeah. You um, need all the help you can get. Nick and I had a psychic moment when we decided to do this. Uh, he, We are filming this the week after AGDQ just ended. AGDQ 2018 just ended. And probably the best part of AGDQ 2018 was the Bloodborne run. Yeah. Because holy shit, like the run wasn't that good. I have to say, like the, he did a lot of cool speedrun shit because he's a speedrunner, and that's what you expect from AGDQ. By the way, if you don't know what AGDQ yeah, is, it stands for Awesome Games Done Quick. They also do one six months later in the summer called Summer Games Done Quick. It is a twenty four seven or twenty four hours a day, seven days a week for one week in uh, the winter and the summer. That's just devoted to live streaming speedrunners. And, and it's all for a cause. Uh, it's all for different charity organizations. It raises literally millions of dollars every yeah, year. It raised 2.2, like a little over 2.2 million. Yeah. It's, it's, this an, last time. it's an incredible cause and a blast to watch. It's so, it's like one of my favorite holidays. Yeah. And like it gives me YouTube content to watch for the next like. I don't know, six months. I literally, when I when Nick texted me, tell, like tell, being like, oh, AG, AGDQ starts tomorrow, because he knows that I'm me and I forgot. I was finishing up watching all of SGDQ that day. Like, it was just like a weird coincidence. But um, now there's a, a bunch of great speedruns to watch and some great speedrunners. It, it's pretty incredible. But the... In my opinion, the the shining star of the Christmas tree that was a GDQ this year was this Bloodborne run. Yeah, it went over time. <laughs> like most games, don't go over time because the time is usually put way ahead. It went over time, but the commentary was literally the best. Yeah, he was great, and he was like, usually like if you don't know, there's usually the speedrunner and there's a couch behind. Who with like a couple people who like know the game and like the tactics, um, to like explain if like the speedrunner needs to focus. That couch literally didn't say anything the entire time. It was just the guy speedrunning, and, and he was the best. He was so fucking funny. He was so funny. He was so like, he kept you engaged. He definitely. You could tell this guy was a Twitch streamer. Yeah, like he was a full time Twitch streamer. And then I obviously because he I thought he was so damn funny, subscribed to him on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible, but, um, with watching that and kind of seeing what a game that's near and dear to both of us being torn apart, uh, we both have been on a little bit of a bloodborne kick at least when it comes like a m real mild one. Cause I, I really can't afford to play bloodborne right now. Yeah. But, um, so we decided we would do today's episode on, uh, the old hunters, which we didn't really deal with a lot in, uh, our original Bloodborne run. Now, 
most episodes we do are in kind of the order of the story. This one is going to be a lot less of an order of the story and more of a walk through the DLC. Yeah. Honestly, it just was really because with how the DLC set up, there's some stuff happening right now. There's some stuff happening in the past. It, it's really difficult narratively to kind of say it from the top and then walk you through it like we normally would, like a story would go. So instead, we're going to walk you through it like you would in the game. It, it's a little bit different than what we normally do, but I thought it, it worked better. So I did it. Um, this what you're going to get. Yeah, uh, the Old Hunters DLC begins in a, a a world, a dimension, a place known as the the Hunter's Nightmare, which is a great name. <laughs> Already, like when I heard you were going to the Hunter's Nightmare, which is like the parallel to the Hunter's Dream, which you visit frequently in the game, like I was in. Uh, the Hunter's Nightmare essentially works as the hell for the Hunters. Hunters who find themselves too drunk with blood in the real world damn themselves to an eternity here. Here it is an eternal battle between the beasts that find themselves here and the hunters themselves. All the hunters from all times, both old and recent, find themselves here if the blood takes them. Most of the hunters that are found here are the precursors to the powder kegs, and some are even found protecting beasts like the last of the powder kegs did. There's a lot of fucking powder keggers here. Yeah. Because they were probably the most ruthless of the hunters. Uh, but that one in the uh, in that like cave area where, yeah. you get, where you get the weapon off from, he was a yeah, he gets a bitch. He's to got fight. the Gatling gun. Yeah, he's he was a he was, I think canonically. So you you go to Old Yarnum in the the base game and you fight that guy on that tower with a Gatling gun. I think it's canon that he is one of that guy on the tower's followers. Yeah, who found himself in the Hunter's Nightmare because if you kill him and go past him, he's protecting a cave full of beasts. So like, it, it's like. His penance is what he's doing, essentially. Um, but yeah, the the garb in this area, the old hunter's garb, which I used most of the fucking game because I love the old hunter's garb. It has like a bunch of cool kind of uh, superstitious shit about it. Like the inside of the coats are all red, but like it's the same for Garman and Maria. Like they all have the inside of their coats red. Uh, they have a band around their right leg uh, because it was a superstitious belief that the scourge crept up the right leg, which also may kind of hint at why Garman only has one leg because it might have been like he was the first hunter. He might have thought the scourge was taking him and amputated his leg. Yeah. Like it's that kind of cool shit. Um, but yeah, I love this area no, even though it's bloodborne and it's fucking hard it's still a really cool area yeah this D the dlc areas were hard but just like the so enemies. great yeah they were great just like the enemies were hard like those freaking the spider things from from kane that were like from kanehurst but these oh are like, the blood lickers these are like worse yeah the 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 blood lickers that aren't starved yeah because when you look at the differences in the model between the blood lickers and the old nightmare or in the Hunter's Nightmare and the Bloodlickers in Kanehurst, like the Kanehurst ones are emaciated. These ones are fat. Like these ones have plenty of blood still left to drink, and they fucking do. This this DLC lives up to the game's name. Yeah, it's there's probably more blood in the old Hunter's DLC 
than anywhere else. Yeah. Like, especially where you fight the next character we're going to be talking about. Yeah. So as you travel through this literal hell fighting hunters, you find yourself in the lair of the one, of, one of the most notorious hunters to ever live, Ludwig. Uh, Ludwig was the first hunter of the Healing Church. Uh, he would train his hunters, who uh, he referred to as Honorable Spartans, to become hunters like him, and he even ended up training uh, everyday Yarnamites as minor hunters to help with him fight the Scourge. Uh, we talked all about this yeah. in our previous podcast, but just a refresher, or if you didn't listen to the first one, yeah. how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> listen to all of our episodes in order! <laughs> To get the canon of this podcast. There's a deep lore here amongst Nick and I. You'll listen to our podcast backwards. (laughs) You'll hear us trying to summon the devil slowly. (laughs) Piece by piece, one day we will succeed. Um, Ludwig also wielded uh, probably the coolest fucking weapon in the game. um, Because I certainly used used both of his weapons, but this one... uh, that you get in the DLC was even more badass. Uh, yeah. You get the you get the moonlight blade, the moonlight greatsword, the moonlight greatsword. Which first, first off, the moonlight greatsword has appeared in a couple uh, FromSoft games. This isn't like the its first appearance, uh, but um, it's the best. It is. I did an arcane build my most recent playthrough, and it basically was all leading up to using the moonlight greatsword as my main weapon. Yeah, <laughs> I did a I did two playthroughs back to back when I was platinuming it. <clears throat> and because I accidentally beat the Moon Presence before I did the DLC, so I started back at the beginning. And I went and I went. Huh? I need to do the DLC. Guess I'm playing the game again. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the first one I did was just like basically a strength playthrough, which so is I, it's the basic Bloodborne playthrough. Yeah, and I used uh, his other great sword. I forget what it's called. A Ludwig's great sword. Ludwig's great sword. There you go. It's pretty simple. Um... And then I used the moonlight in the my second run because I went into, I specced into arcane and a bit of skill. I forget it's it scales off as arcane and skill I think or arcane and strength. Our, it's arcane and strength, skill and blood tinge. Okay, that's what I believe it is. And and, and it doesn't matter because most of the good arcane weapons are strength anyway. Yeah. So I already had high strength, so I just put everything into arcane. So I was just ridiculous with the sword, and it's so much fun to use. Um, he discovered this sword that he claims uh, is able to channel the Abyssal Cosmos. Yeah. Um, he would look to the Great Sword and the tiny beings of light that surrounded it for guidance um, and to empty his fears. Eventually, though, even as honorable as he was, uh, he eventually succumbed to the bloodlust. However, he was not turned into a traditional beast uh, like most but he was transformed into, like, a grotesque cross between a horse, a wolf, and a man, uh, losing himself to the blood. Um, However, killing him, you grant him uh, a release and even a few moments of clarity. Um, If you talk to his severed head after beating him, you can get a little dialogue from him. Yeah, hold up. He, he He has two names during the boss fight, which I always thought was fucking cool. It was like Ludwig. Oh, what the fuck? This wiki better not fucking let me down. Don't let me down. I'll find it. 
Welcome to the Waiting Podcast. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, I found it. So, when you begin the fight, you fight him as a beast. Uh, and his name during that fight is Ludwig the Accursed. But then you have a a cut, and he's screaming and stuff, asking for, like, things to help him. Um, but then the second phase happens, and he, he turns around because the Moonlight Greatsword starts to glow. And he goes, ah, you were at my side at all, uh, all along. My true mentor, my guiding Moonlight. And then he becomes Ludwig the Holy Blade. And it's the fucking greatest. Yeah. <laughs> like, like stands up more straight and like yeah, he, uses the sword now. Yeah, and it's amazing. Like it, it like reawakens him. And then you cut off his head to kill him and you can talk to his head after. And then his head basically just asks for assurance. He's like, were my honorable Spartans good? He, or like if you go up to him wearing church garb, he'll be like, good hunter of the church. Did we do good? And you have the option of saying yes or no. Uh, it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, and then you can put his head out of its misery. And if you don't, Simon will. But don't talk about it in this because I don't think Simon's very important. Yeah. He just drops a cool weapon. But uh, Simon worked for the church. Uh, so putting Ludwig out of his misery was kind of something Simon would do. Um, but I'm a huge fan of this character. Yeah, Lud- I, I think he's the greatest. fucking awesome. Um. The next creature we encounter is Lawrence, although he isn't awake until we encounter him later, but fuck it, we'll talk about him now. Uh, Lawrence was a scholar at Bergenworth, who we talked about in our first Bloodborne episode, as a kind of rehashing of past knowledge. For those who didn't listen, he was the first person to split off from Bergenworth because he believed in using the old blood, which was not what Provost William believed. Lawrence would eventually fall to the beast blood and become the first cleric beast. Because of his actions, we will get to later on, he would find himself in the nightmare. Yeah. He is oh looks exactly like the cleric beast that you encounter at the beginning of the game, except on fucking fire. Yeah. And is my least favorite boss in the game. Yeah. I, I disliked him more than Rom easily. Uh a lot of people are like, oh, uh the orphan is the hardest boss in the game. And I'm like, no, fuck you. Lawrence is so much harder. <laughs> I've had so much more difficulty fighting Lawrence. I beat the orphan of Koss, I think, in four tries, five tries, like Something I beat like him. That. I beat him pretty fast, like, yeah. I, and like fighting the orphan of Koss, I had a blast, even when yeah. I lost. Yeah, he was fun to fight, but like Lawrence was just a drag. Yeah, he sucked. <laughs> he just he wasn't fun to fight. He didn't feel fair. Yeah, just lava everywhere that you just get stuck in. And yeah, so uh, if you don't know anything about Bloodborne, every first off, bosses matter a lot in Bloodborne. They matter more than almost anything else. They, they're they what drives the story, in my opinion. Um, and when you fight Lawrence, and every boss has two kind of phases, at least two phases. Uh, so Lawrence's second phase, you cut off his fucking legs. And so he's dragging himself around, but instead of blood coming out because he's on fire, it's lava, and he's leaving lava in his wake now. And it's dumb. It's, it is a dumb boss fight. It really is. Oh, it's man. It's so dumb. But, yeah, he's important, but, like, he's important because the events of Bloodborne wouldn't happen without Lawrence. Yeah, he's like... But him and Provost William are, like, the two big ones. And they're so ignored. <laughs> it, like, drives me crazy. Because, like, you even find Provost William. Yeah. Like, and 
he just kind of points. Yeah. Like he, and then you can kill him. And if then you, you want. can kill him and get a cool rune. But like he, both characters are like in the game, and they both are like ignorant. Uh, so next, we would go to the research hall. This was a hidden facility, uh, hidden research facility of the healing church dedicated to the knowledge and methods of attaining transcendence of a humanity. Uh, they did this by creating kin. Kin are humans that have been blessed by great ones and ascended into something beyond humanity. Uh, in other words, they're ugly alien babies. And uh, eventually you encounter the living failures who are the healing church's attempts at creating a celestial emissary and ye- they're a boss fight. Ah, uh, the Celestial Emissary is also a boss fight, but that's yeah, in the, the that vanilla in the, game. The base game, yeah. But, uh, uh, the Living Failures are not, and the Living Failures are barely a boss fight, in my opinion. Yeah, they're pretty easy. They were pretty forgettable, to the point where I forgot they existed <laughs> in this game until I talked <laughs> until I wrote this. I forgot until I watched that speedrun and he did that boss fight, and I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, those are in the game. Those are in the game. Uh, so, uh, I actually visually really like the research hall. Yeah, the research hall is cool. It's like rows and rows and rows of like research, like laboratories and books and things. And it's all, there's all this staircase on like a spiral. Yeah, in the middle. That you can move up and down to like access different parts of it. Uh, Even the enemies in here were kind of cool. They're all like in hospital gowns and they have like deflated heads that look like they were trying to become celestial emissaries and just failed at it. You also find that weird NPC that's like, give me parasites or whatever. What did she want? Something like that. I don't remember. She wanted something gross. <laughs> something <laughs> weird and gross. Yeah, she wanted something icky. And um, if you did it, that's how you got the Wormwood uh, rune. This part is is kind of sound-based, too, because there's a lot of bottles and beakers that if you step on, it'll make like a glass-breaking sound, and the enemies will yeah. hear you and run towards you. Yeah, kind of Kind of like the clickers... Throw back to last episode. Oh, damn. Look at you. Oh, damn. Oh, uh-huh. damn. Where'd that go? It went behind me? Must be a throwback. Wow. Oh, look at us. So, yeah, that that it's it's visually cool, but there's really nothing to it, in my yeah. opinion. You can also get one of the deflated heads to wear. Yes. And can. I wore that for longer than I should have. Because <laughs> I like wearing weird things on my head. Like, I ran around in a Mensa's cage for too fucking long. Yeah. Um... So past the living failures, we encounter the astral clock tower, which, holy shit, they should have done more with the astral clock tower. The astral clock tower is, like, great. It's striking. It was, like, the the poster for this to, like, for yeah, this yeah. DLC was in the astral clock tower. Yeah. Um, with this particular character on it. But um, in the middle of it, we have Lady Maria, who is talked about in the vanilla game, but you never see her. And it's so fucking cool that you do, cause she's great. Yeah, she's one of my. This is one of my favorite boss fights. Yeah, she's a lot of people's favorites, cause she's probably what. What it is is people who play these games really like fair boss fights, and, and Maria's is probably the most balanced. But it's like out of all FromSoft games, it's probably between like Maria and Artorias from Dark Souls One, cause you'll find out eventually. Artorias is amazing. Um. So, Maria was a citizen of Canehurst uh, and is actually directly related to uh, the Queen of Canehurst. Uh, she was also one of the first to join the Hunters, studying directly under Garman, which, I mean, he's the first Hunter. Yeah. Uh, eventually, she would grow to despise the Hunt, uh, throwing her weapon, Rakuyo, 
down a well and then disappeared into the hunter's nightmare. She sits in the clock tower looking after the patients there, but more importantly, guards the secrets of the nightmare. When encountered, she's sitting in a chair, lifeless, apparently having slit her own throat. But she's very much alive. Uh, and when you go over to investigate her, you you go to touch her, and she grabs your hand. Yeah. Like, it's freaking awesome. It's fucking cool. Mm. Um, Garmin was obsessed with her, and the doll, that is the greatest, most innocent part of Bloodborne, is a replica of her, although she didn't have Maria's personality, which made Garmin bitter, but all the doll wants to do is love you, so he's a dick about it. <laughs> yeah. That was the only issue with the speed run. Yeah, because he had to kill the doll because it was faster. He, well, not only did he keep killing the most innocent character in the game, he also was adamant about how evil <laughs> she was. Yeah. Because if you don't know anything about Bloodborne, the community is kind of split on whether the doll is a benevolent, uh, helpful entity that has never done anything wrong and only wants to help the hunter and the people who are wrong, which is <laughs> that uh, she is uh, evil and conspiring against you. Uh, but like... She just wants you to find your worth in the waking world. Yeah, that's, that's it. All. That's all you. That's all anybody can ask for. So uh, the 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 doll's the greatest, and I love her. <laughs> the best. I actually now I I rarely wear graphic t-shirts. I usually wear uh, a blank black plain t-shirt because I'm boring, and usually something over it. So like right now I'm wearing a hockey jersey uh, that has the Mad Max War Boys symbol on it. But I now own a graphic tee that I wear regularly and that has the doll on it because she's flawless. <laughs> flawless. Um, so through the astral clock tower, we go to the fishing hamlet, which is a cool scene in itself. The clock tower just moves and like the very base, like where the six would be, it like eventually opens up. I believe the base rune has something to do with fish. Or something like that. The runes are all actual Bloodborne runes. Mm. And I think the base rune has or it has something to do with water. Makes sense. It, it's like a weird thing that you would only notice if you memorized the runes. I don't know anyone who would do that. Yeah. Um, bunch of weirdos. A bunch of losers who would like look at all the Bloodborne boot runes enough to memorize which one's which. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then like make a podcast about it or something. Fucking weirdo. But yeah, where the clock... The clock itself moves, and eventually, like where a six would be on a normal clock, you can like walk through. Yeah, and then you, and then you end up in the. It, uh, it opens, and it doesn't open to where it should because it's yeah. an astral clock tower. It, it opens to the fishing hamlet. Yep, um, which is uh, a wide area that it sounds exactly what it is. It's a fishing hamlet. Um, however, this vi village has been touched by a great one named Kos, or some say Cosm. I'm going back and because during this, I was going back and looking at the things that Mikolaj says because he's the greatest and I love him so much. He's got that weird laugh and that weird scream. Yep. Oh, grant us eyes. Grant us eyes. Like he's just running around saying dumb shit. And that's like, where the, the, the cage on his head. That's where the cos or some say cosm comes from. So yeah, the, the village was touched by Kos, who was washed ashore there, uh, bringing with it two things, uh, parasites and a fetus. Because uh, of this, the residents and even the village itself have been turned into uh, this decayed, deep sea look. 
Um, the f residents resemble humanoid fish and mollusks and are very violent towards anything that comes through. Uh, they also prey to Koss and harvest uh, the parasite from her body. Yeah, and this area is very, very heavily based because most of the stuff that deal with the Great Ones is very heavily based on Lovecraft. But the fishing hamlet is probably the most direct reference to anything Lovecraftian, which is it's very based on his short story, The Shadow of Innsmouth, uh, where it takes place in Innsmouth, Massachusetts, uh, which is not a real place. And um, basically they, they talk about like the people there being a peculiar people, having a, a weird look about them. It's called the Innsmouth look, and they find out that all the people there praise... Uh, the god Dagon, who is a giant fish monster that lives under the sea, and eventually they will all turn into Deep Ones, which are smaller versions of Dagon. So the characters you fight here are, all look like fish, uh, and it's very, very heavily based on what In's mouth looks like. Because at the end of it, there's like a, a riot, and the townsfolk chase the main character out, but like it's the townsfolk and the Deep Ones. It, it's cool. Oh, and then spoilers for uh, a short story that came out in the 1920s. The main character finds out he has Innsmouth blood in him and is a direct descendant of the person who brought this religion to Innsmouth uh, and becomes a deep one. Uh, yeah, I just think this whole this this whole area is cool because it's like such a stark difference from like everything else in the game. It's I feel like everything incredible. else in the game has like a certain feel and like you like yeah I'm in Bloodborne, but once you like jump through the clock tower and you end up here, you like. All right, this is different. Yeah, and it's cool different, though. It's not, like, bad different. Yeah, those yeah, yeah. giant fit, those fish giants, though, fuck them. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck those them. are the worst. It is the first time and the only time I used those um, bone swords that yeah. you, you get where it, like, makes enemies fight other enemies. Yep. I was just like, nah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you can deal with this. Yeah. You fight you. So, passing through this Innsmouth-ass area, you encounter Koss's body. So now is where there's a lot of speculation in the story. It, none of what I'm about to say is 100%, but that's kind of how FromSoft games work. The The lore for the game is very rarely direct uh, and is found through other ways and speculation and drawing conclusions. It's why I love FromSoft games so much, because that's how history works. It's how, and being a history person, it's important. So uh, just everything I'm about to say is what I was able to scrape up along with uh, the conclusions I was going to draw from that. So I wouldn't say I'm right, but I won't say I'm wrong. So it's not really known if Koss was dead when she arrived on shore or if that would happen later. Uh, Willem sent scholars from Bergenworth to hunt the villagers and investigate the nature of why they're transforming by literally cutting open their heads looking for eyes on the inside. Um, it's unknown what exactly the hunters did or if they had a hand in Koss's death, but it is known for a fact that the hunters performed what is a blasphemous violation of her body, which most likely meant splitting open her body for the eldritch blood running through her veins. The only hunter we know for a fact took place in this was Maria, but it's speculated that Lawrence, Garman, Ludwig, and even potentially Willem participated. According to Mikolosh, Mikolosh, which we should take with a grain of salt because he's a fucking lunatic, Koss's blood granted Rom her ascension into a great one. 
So uh, it's pretty confirmed that Garmin was there uh, after you defeat the Orphan of Kos, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, after you defeat the Orphan, you uh, the doll says that this is the first time Garmin has slept without nightmares. So it kind of... Because Garmin would have been uh, in the Hunter's Nightmare, probably, if he hadn't been taken by the Moon Presence. Yeah. Uh, who the Moon Presence kind of had its own fucking plans because yeah. the Moon Presence is really what makes the game happen. But the... Yeah, it's it kind of implied that a lot of the characters that you meet in the Hunter's Nightmare were a part of this kind of desecration of Kasa's body. Oh, I don't think we mentioned this but when we at the beginning when we said stuff's in the present, stuff's in the past. This is the past part. Yeah, this this took place like a long like a long time ago. The, the whole part where you're going through the village and with Ka and dealing with Kas and the orphan, it's all in the past. I mean, y yeah. Basically, yeah. Cuz time <clears throat> You do, you affect the past, you do something in the past, which is kill the orphan, that affects the future. Yeah. That that affects the current. So that's why you're in an astral clock tower. Like, you, you're going into the fishing hamlet uh, after the hunters have desecrated Koss's body. So, yeah, it's it's pretty great. And, like, you can see... Like the villagers have a body that had his, has its head chopped off that's hanging from its feet with its arms tied over its head. So basically the the body's in the shape of the hunter's mark. Like the villagers are not having any shit with hunters. Yeah. Like because of what they did. Um, so great ones, however, aren't confined to their bodies. Uh, their minds are unending and from the cosmos, cost curse the hunters. Um, those like the ones who desecrated her and the villagers that prayed to her, uh, the blood drunk and eye hungry would be cast into the nightmare to hunt forever. So that's why the hunter's nightmare exists. Just like the hunter's dream exists because of the moon presence. Yeah. The hunter's nightmare exists because of Koss. Yeah. Wanted to punish him. Understandably. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like they, they desecrated her and her followers. And from what I can gather, Koss is not inherently evil. Koss isn't like, uh, well, none of the great ones are inherently evil, now that I think about it. Yeah. But um, they just have ulterior motives, and uh, like a lot of them dig being gods. Like, Rom's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Rom's a stupid god. Um, yeah. The brain of Mensis is accidentally kind of doing what it's doing. Yeah. Just kind of a uh, Murgo's wet nurse is protecting Murgo. Yep, who was born of uh, that Eden, um, who was just trying to make more great ones. Uh, what other great ones are there? Um, uh, a Breedus. Yeah, I was gonna say a Breedus. You have a Breedus, but she's abandoned. She's abandoned a Breedus. When the great ones left Earth, they left a Breedus behind. So she. I think we'll view death as a fucking release because then she'll be able to go back amongst the cosmos. Yeah, and she didn't really do anything, like, terrible. I'd say the only one that's inherently, I guess, evil is the moon presence that's manipulating everyone. Yeah, that makes the most But, sense. like, you don't even know why the moon presence is manipulating anyone. That's never answered. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, you know that the, you... Dr the dream is there because of the moon presence. Yeah. Like, and you can either join the moon, moon Presence after killing Garman and become the new host of the dream, or 
kill the moon presence and then become a great one yourself. You become a little slug and then the doll raises you because she loves you, good hunter. <laughs> because she's going to take care of you because she's nice. Uh, so when we encounter the body of Koss, her abomination crawls out from inside her, which is the orphan of Koss, which we've talked about. Uh, this tall, almost human-like great one will only stare at the moon and weep until attacked and then scream and fuck up your day. Yeah. You're going to screamy boss fight. Here you go. I actually think that this is one of my favorite boss fights in the oh, game. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think the... It might be my favorite. I don't think German is as good a boss fight as much as I like German as a character. While the great, while the Orphan of Cost is unbelievably fun to fight. Uh, like, for a boss that's notoriously known as the hardest boss in Bloodborne, really fun to fight. Yeah. Uh, it's basically just running around in kind of a mockery of what a hunter is. Uh, because, like, it, its weapon works like a hunter's weapon. Uh, and its weapon is also its fucking placenta. Yeah. Um, it just beats the shit out of you it with its placenta. beats the shit out of you with its placenta. Uh, in, it's got, like, a rictus smile the entire time. And it's just screaming and wailing while it beats the living hell it out of you. flails about. Like, it's fast and just jumps. And then, like, and eventually it gains wings. Yeah. Like, it's got, like, this membrane over its back that it eventually turns into wings. Like, it's fucking cool. If you don't know what we're talking about and have never played Bloodborne, at least watch a video of it. I showed Nick a video of the Orphan of Cost before he even played Bloodborne. I was like, you gotta see this guy. Yeah. He's insane. Um, upon defeat, a shade of the Orphan will appear uh, where, it, uh, where it first appeared after crawling out from under Koss, uh, kind of staring mournfully at the moon and weeping. Uh, the shade is the true Orphan. This is what the Orphan really is. Uh, once defeated, the curse of that cost laid on the hunters is lifted. Now, this next thing I have is super speculation that I found. Um, I don't even wholeheartedly believe it myself, but I thought it was fucking fascinating and pertained to what we're talking about. Uh, the orphan and its very human appearance could be, uh, this is a quote you'll see in the game, uh, the great sin of the fathers. Uh, which is usually you, they refer to as the original Yarnamites, uh, the what is it, the Palladians or whatever. Palladians is that's an alien thing. Uh, Thumerians. Thumerians. Th they'll usually be talking about the Thumerians with that, but like, it's never explicitly said like, oh, the fathers are the Thumerians. Uh, basically, it could be the first attempt to transform a human into a superior being. Uh, this could have either been done by Koss or maybe even the Hunters. Uh, that last part was what I threw in. Everyone was like, oh, Koss was trying to make a, a human great one before anyone else. But like, I'm like, no, that could be the blasphemous violation. Yeah. They could have used the unborn great one inside of Koss and in, in, rather than pulled the eldritch blood out of it, put the human blood into it. Yeah. So creating what is essentially Rom before Rom and Rom is... The issue with Rom is Rom's technically a great one, but Rom's an idiot. Yeah. Like, Rom has no intelligence. Like, the orphan has intelligence, and that's the scary part of the orphan. Uh, and it would make sense why it's so hunter-like. Yeah. It, it really, like, the, it, it, like, adds up in my head, which is why I thought I'd throw it in here at the end, that, like, this could be what the blasphemous violation that is talked about is. Um, but that that's 
uh, about the run through that we had of the old hunters, and it's fucking great. Yeah, it's a great DLC. I, like after writing this, I really, really want to play Bloodborne again, but I right now just can't do it. Yeah. I'm like in the middle of two very narrative heavy games and I, I, I just can't do it. Uh, which I think segues us very well into the part of the show that is the ending, uh, like we like to end every episode. Nick, what have you been playing lately? I'm playing a butt ton of Skyrim. Yeah, dude, you keep texting me about it. Oh. So <laughs> he te- for, for those who uh don't know, I've never played Skyrim. It's which I think this could be like an awesome topic just one day. Um, like a list of shame of games that we haven't played. <laughs> yeah, we, we should come up with a list someday. Like a list of shame in Skyrim. Like as a gamer, things that you should play but haven't. Skyrim is on my list, but I am I picked it up for my Switch and I'm uh, filling that void. It, it, so I've been playing a lot of how Skyrim. Are you, how are you liking it so far? Because you weren't a fan of Fallout. Fallout 4 uh, I like it a lot better than Fallout. Yeah, I thought you would. Yeah, it's a lot more layered than Fallout, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I'm just uh, just doing whatever. I think I, I think I did all of the Dragonborn DLC or the main part of the Dragonborn DLC. Soulstein. Sure. Did you go to a, a sandy island? No, I went in the book. You went in the book. Yeah. That, but like, did you did you fight Mirak? Yeah. You murdered Mirak. I'm wearing his helmet. Yup. You you did the main story for the Dragonborn DLC. Let me tell you that I'm right now my most recent playthrough because I kind of have been keeping a playthrough going on my Switch. I, I only play it like for an hour or so before I go to bed. Uh, but my most recent playthrough, I am wearing his full fucking outfit. I considered it, but it wasn't better than you, everything else I was wearing. Do you so. know the bonus you get for wearing it, though? <clears throat> no. If you're wearing his full outfit and something attacks you, tentacles will come out of your body and do damage to everything around you. So, like... I don't fight wolves anymore because the wolves run up to me, attack me, and then instantly die. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty great. Maybe I'll put it on. I still have everything else back, uh, in, back in my house. Did you get the rest of the black books? I have two other ones. I don't know how many there are. Uh, I think there's six. No, no. I you, have two other. I have three right now. You should get all the black books because you get some of the best spells in the game, like power spells, not like ooh, let me kind of like dis- not like destruction, illusion, all that, but like powers in the game. Like I have one called uh, Black Merchant, where I can summon a merchant. Oh yeah, and that's I, useful. I summon a Daedra merchant. His his default gold is two thousand. Oh, okay, good. And I can just sell things to him, and then his gold replenishes every forty eight hours. Yeah, like in game forty eight hours. My biggest thing is selling everything and everybody running out of money. Yeah, get. Um, I forget what black book it is off the top of my head. It's not hard to get. There's one black book that's a pain in the ass to get, but um, the this particular one is not difficult to get. I my most recent playthrough, I did the Dragonborn DLC almost immediately, uh, and then immediately went for that black book so I could have a traveling merchant with me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do that because I. I... I've just been resorting to going to a merchant who has like about almost like a little under 800 coin and then just selling everything I can, saving, killing him, reloading, and he reloads with all his money. 2,000. Yeah, 2,000 is a lot. And it re- like, and if like you need more, like just wait for 48 hours, yeah. wait for 24 hours twice, and then he'll have full gold. It's great. He sells like some stuff, but it's like, 
minor stuff that doesn't matter. He he mostly exists. To, yeah, I usually don't buy things. Yeah, he he mostly exists to sell sell stuff too, and, and like to the point where like. Even the dialogue he says is he goes, he's like, I want to buy your things. <laughs> like, stuff like that. Give me your things. He's like, he's a Dramora, so. But no, I've had fun. Yeah, it's it's a cool, it's. Run around with the Master Sword. Yeah, you got the Master Sword, I saw. Yeah. You sent me that screenshot of uh, the gauntlet, and I was just looking at your items. You got, like, a destruction spell on your left hand, and then the Master Sword on your right hand. I'm, I mean, like, I've been randomly trying to level up stuff, but. I mainly run around with my master sword in my right hand and restoration in my left. Yeah. But um but yeah. And then the other thing is I played uh the Dragon Ball Fighters beta recently. Oh, is that why you were talking about pre-ordering it? Yeah. Um What'd you think? It's super fucking fun, dude. It's so I suck ass at it, but holy shit is it fun. Yeah, you were never real into fighting games. That was more my my kind of shtick, but Yeah, the only fighting games I'm and I'm pretty decent at it but the only things i've ever bought was uh smash bros which is like not this fighting barely a fighting game yeah. um, that's more of a party fighting game than anything yeah but no it's it's super fun they put like there's so much like love and care like nodding to like the series like there's so much like that looks like the show and like so many little nods like even what there's i saw a video online of like side-by-side -side comparisons of scenes from the show that they put in the game, like, that is just one-to-one, -one, like... Oh, that's really cool. Like, killing... Beating Frieza with trunks, will he'll end it with, like, the slashing of his sword and then just putting up his hand and blowing it to pieces. Oh, it's fucking great. And, like, one thing I found out today was... Or when I was playing the beta, is uh one of Android 18 Supers has her do a combo with Android 17 where they, like, punch you, throw you up in the air, and then they both blast you from either side. But this guy had Krillin and Android 18 on his team, on his team, and when he did that move, it was Krillin instead of Android 18. I was like, that's, that's adorable. That's so cool. That's adorable. And then just, like, I, I don't know. Some, every time Vegeta yells in this game, it makes me, like, laugh. Like, he'll just come in, like, if a character dies and the next character up is... Uh, Vegeta and you're using Goku he just comes in and goes Kakarot <laughs> <laughs> and like when you beat him he just screams damn you and I was like this is fucking great yeah that sounds amazing <laughs> it's so much fun I'm probably gonna pick it up because it's a good it's a good counter to to Skyrim to play oh yeah absolutely um, it's not like you don't have to deal with anything like inventory fucking whatever and it's just bright and colorful and fun yeah, Skyrim's got layers <laughs> yeah uh, so it's just mindless fun to play. Yeah. So what have you been playing? <laughs> I've been playing a little bit in there. Not as much as I probably should be. Uh, I'm still, I think, in the first area. But uh, the game's weird as shit. I, I, I don't dislike, like I said before, I don't dislike it, but I, I'm not in love with it like you are. And like I said, I'm going to finish it so that we can talk about it on here. Uh, but um, I, I was watching YouTube videos and I saw a YouTube video of the most fucked up moments in video games. And like four of them were Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> so I went, okay. <laughs> so I'm playing Metal Gear Solid 5 again. Um, this is the first time I've played it on this TV though. And it is so much prettier. Yeah, I bet. It's great. Uh, I forgot how much fucking like base building is in Metal Gear Solid 5, but I, I do. It's not the greatest Metal Gear, but it's a pretty fun one. 
and I love the opening sequence. I love the shit with Quiet, even though she's like disturbingly sexist. Um, oh, she can't wear clothes because she breathes through her skin. No, you asshole! You wanted her naked. You f- <laughs> <laughs> like you're not wrong. It's so dumb, but Quiet's like a badass character at the same time. Like I don't know. It's I'm just playing a game. <laughs> um. The other thing I, I've been playing a little bit of Skyrim. The other thing I've been playing is Injustice 2 because I forgot that Enchantress came out. So Enchantress has come out. I'm awful with her. Maybe my worst character in this game. She's really complex in a way that my mind doesn't work. But her character interactions are some of the fucking best in the game. I was freaking out because she calls Hellboy Anungun Rama. Which, if you don't know anything about Hellboy, is Hellboy's actual name. Uh, it is the son of the fallen one. And it is an incredible interaction. The, I believe Hellboy says, like, how do you know my name? <laughs> like, it's yeah. one of those, like, you shouldn't know that moments. But she calls him An- Anungun Rama, and I lost my shit. Like, I was doing, I was uh, with my brother. My brother uh, just left for college, but I was with him while I was playing it and he said it and both of us just go dude like <laughs> she says like some incredible things like there's like uh one where uh because if you begin on the left you begin as June Moon uh and if you begin on the right you begin as Enchantress so like it, it begins on the left and the person on the left usually speaks first so it was June Moon and she goes um fighting Red Hood she goes, she can smell death on you. And Jason or Red Hood goes, that's, uh, yeah, that'll happen when you're um, exposed to a Lazarus pit. And then the Enchantress comes up behind June Moon, like, and grabs her by the face, like, neck area, and goes, let me see what's under that hood, Jason. I'm just like, holy shit! She's so cool! Yeah, that's fucking badass. Yeah, she's so cool but i'm just awful with her yeah hey, what are you gonna do like it's it's pretty incredible like her interact like her interaction with swamp thing june moon will be like can the green help me and then swamp thing will be like the green can help all <laughs> and the enchantress will come up behind her and be like yeah but this is a lost cause i'm just like what the fuck you're fucking with the green right now yeah. what are you doing can't do that. Yeah, it's... Uh, and then I believe... She has one where she references the Justice League Dark. And I was just like, ooh, daddy. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Those are my... You're right in my alley right now. Yeah. I forget who that. she references it with, though. Because I'm trying to think of what characters are in the Justice League Dark other than Swamp Thing. So it's it might have been... Constantine, Deadman. It's Constantine, Deadman, Orchid... Uh, and none of those characters in the game. Yeah. Um, Fate isn't in the game, or is in the Justice League Dark. So, I don't know, but she references the Justice League Dark with someone, and I'm like, ooh, daddy. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Pull my hair next time. <laughs> but other than that, that's about what I've been doing. And then catching up on AGDQ. So... I need to get back into ukulele, because I was having a lot of fun with that, and I just haven't. Yeah. Uh, and then, as I play every week, Future Fight. Oh, God. 
Uh, so I've been playing a lot of Future Fight because I play a lot of Future Fight every day. Today I unlocked Dormammu, which is a bitch to unlock. And You've come to bargain. And I'm <laughs> and I'm in the process, the slow and steady process of unlocking Thanos. Uh, you need to get 20 of his biometrics, and you can only get his biometrics from beating him in World Boss. But once I get Thanos, I have almost enough material to upgrade him all the way immediately. And I've been sitting on it and sitting on it and sitting on it. And I, and I you need 20 biometrics to get Thanos. I believe I have 15. So I'm like right fucking there, and then I'll get so close. Then I'll get Thanos, and I will be very happy <laughs> because Thanos is busted. Of course he is. <laughs> I mean, he's a world boss. Like most of the world boss characters are pretty fucking broken. And then the next kind of world boss I'm going to worry about getting is Apocalypse. But to get Apocalypse, you have to unlock Quicksilver, Cable, and Scarlet Witch before you can get Apocalypse. And I'm like. I mean, if I gotta get cable, I will. Like, <laughs> oh no! Twist my arm. Yeah. Here. So, because cable's busted in the game too, and I can just run around as cable shooting things. I I'm really excited to get cable actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's me. And then, uh, oh, I finished Wolverine's epic quest, so I have a fully maxed out Wolverine now, and he is broken. So. Any character that can heal themselves like Wolverine does is broken. I had a team earlier. It was my tier two. Uh, Wolverine's a natural tier two. And then my tier two Hulk that has his, like, he's got a natural health regen to him that isn't as good as Wolverine's. But the gear I have on him makes him as good as Wolverine's. And then I had X-23 on my team. I was like, there ain't no killing me. <laughs> like, Just teammate dying. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that. So, you can check us out on social media. We are on both Instagram and Twitter, at Navi underscore Tales. Again, that is at Navi underscore Tales. Um, just, just send us some love. Just, like, hearts. Yeah. Pictures of hearts. Lots of hearts. Lots of love. Yeah, just love. Because I love you. And I love you. And we both love you. The listener. So, until next time, we will... See you then. See you. Love you. Bye. I don't know. But I've been told. Let me do my world boss real quick. Put that down. <laughs> Before I smack you. Dude, I'm a fidgeter. I need okay. my fidget spinner. That's fine, but, like, it's not fidget with plastic. I need my fidget spinner. I need my fidget spinner. <clears throat> so as you... <coughs> Excuse me. So as you travel through this little ha, hell... I'm not the only one making noises. <laughs> Fuck you. Promise? <laughs> Nick, you're turning into me. It's lovely. Capri Sun. We did <laughs> ran out of water in the mini fridge I keep down here, but all I had in there was Capri Sun because I'm 12. <laughs> so I'm drinking fruit punch. Uh, Ludwig was the first hunter of oh, the Oh, you're going to fucking hate me. I'm about to fucking sneeze. Oh, wait. I feel it coming. In the air tonight. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? 
And I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. Just sneeze. I think I got it out. I think I got my nose all situated. Oh, I dropped my fucking pillow. Now my butt's gonna be hard. Ooh, daddy. Ooh, daddy boy. The pipes, the pipes are sh calling. They're good. Are you good? Yeah. You fine? Yeah. You need a doctor? Yeah, but totally unrelated. You need a scientist? That's what I meant to say. I need a mom. <laughs> Ma'am? <laughs> I need help. <laughs> Mommy. Mother. We need, like, the episode of South Park where they play WoW. You need an intercom. She's like, Mom! Man! Bathroom! <laughs> Bathroom! <laughs> Mom! That, by the way, is the best episode of South Park ever. And, like... All the stuff they talk about in World of Warcraft is old school World of Warcraft, but wrong. It's fucking incredible. Like, as someone who played as much WoW as I did, like, it, it plays like vanilla, like, they're playing vanilla WoW. And the the things they're saying and the things they're trying to do are all incorrect. And it's brilliant. It's like a whole layer of funny that you won't get if you haven't played World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those. Yeah. Yeah, they're just really good at their writing. Hold up. I'm getting a phone call. I'm gonna, I, It's probably spam. I'm going to pick it up. All right. Hello? Choosing Hilton Hotel. We would like to inform you that your booking number was chosen for a complimentary stay. Oh, fuck yeah. One now. To be placed on the do not call list, press two now. Guess which button I'm pressing. One. No. Well, Josh, we could stay at a hotel. Oh fuck, I'm gonna get three more of these calls! <laughs> There's no way I'm not! Three, By the 72 way, hours. I haven't stayed at a Hilton hotel in like five years. Yeah. So, and the last Hilton hotel I stayed in was not in Rhode Island. I don't know why you would stay at a hotel in Rhode Island, because you can literally just drive home. That's the thing. <laughs> That's why I don't understand that phone call. It's like the third time I've gotten a call like that, but it's the first time I've put myself on a do not call list. So that means I'm going to get that call three more times. Yeah, they're going to try to milk the shit out of that before you they take you off. Oh, yeah. Bitch. <laughs> you're a meanie. No, you're a meanie. You're a doo-doo head. <laughs> you're a lint licker. <laughs> Remember them commercials? What was that? Ah, oh, dude, I, I forget what the commercials were, but it was, it was, um, like Stride Gum, Dirty Mouth. Oh. Orbits. Orbits, Orbits. Gum. There it is. <laughs> yeah, it was the Dirty Mouth ones, and the, it's two those. women who are really mad at each other, but instead of swearing, they call themselves dumb names. I'll always remember one saying, you lit liquor. <laughs> <laughs> lit liquor. Oh, my God. <laughs>